all Christians look to the cross of Jesus for salvation. When we ask the question, what exactly happened there? How is salvation accomplished on the cross? Then we can find many answers from various theologians across all of church history. And we're going to look at several theories of the atonement on this episode of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. The atonement is a central concept in Christian theology that refers to the reconciliation between humanity and God through the sacrificial death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Over the centuries, various Christian theologians and traditions have developed different views on theories on the atonement, seeking to understand its significance and implications for salvation. Let's look at a few of those theories, and I'll let you in on the ending right now. They are all biblical, true, and each one is just one face of the beautiful and terrible diamond that is the cross of Jesus. The first one we're going to look at is called Christus Victor. The Christus Victor theory of the atonement dates back to the early church fathers, including Origen and Athanasius. This view portrays Christ's death and resurrection as a victorious battle over the powers of sin, death, and evil, and especially over Satan. Through his sacrificial death, Jesus defeats the forces of darkness and liberates humanity from the bondage of sin and death. Through his resurrection, Christ triumphs over death, offering the promise of eternal life to all who believe in him. He meets Satan on the battlefield, they battle, and he wins. Listen to these verses from Colossians 2. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. That's the idea of Christus Victor. Next, let's look at the satisfaction theory. The satisfaction theory of the atonement is closely associated with the writings of Anselm of Canterbury, an influential medieval theologian. According to this view, sin is an offense against God's honor and divine justice, creating a debt that must be satisfied. Humanity's sinfulness incurs an infinite debt that only God can repay. An infinite debt must be paid by humanity, but this is impossible because since all of us are finite, Even a very large number of us cannot pay an infinite death because we're all finite. So what's to happen? So God became human. And as a human, he's eligible to pay the debt. And as God, he has the infinite resources to pay the debt. In the satisfaction theory, Jesus, as both fully God and fully human, offers himself as the perfect and sufficient sacrifice to satisfy God's justice and reconcile humanity to God. Through his voluntary sacrifice, Jesus now restores the divine honor that sin has tarnished. Anselm's articulation was new and important, but more based on logic than the Bible, per se. However, he was picking up on biblical themes that no one before him had had articulated so well. And particularly, uh, the, the more biblical version of this is called the penal substitutionary atonement, the, that, the penal substitutionary view of the atonement. 
And this was a development of the satisfaction theory and has been influential in Protestant theology, particularly with Reformed and Evangelical traditions. John Calvin and other Reformers took Anselm's satisfaction theory and made it far more specific with clear biblical teaching. Namely, they said that God's justice demands that sin be punished, and humanity's sinfulness incurs a penalty that must be paid. Jesus, as the sinless substitute, willingly takes on himself the punishment that humanity deserves. So the satisfaction theory says that there is a debt, and Jesus paid that debt. This, the penal substitution theory, says that the debt was sin, and the, penal, and the penalty was death. Jesus absorbs that penalty as a substitution for us so that we don't have to. God's justice is satisfied because Jesus was our substitution. The word penal here refers to penalty. So, Jesus takes our penalty as our substitution. 1 Peter 3.18 says this, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but being made alive in the Spirit. Okay, let's move on to the moral influence theory. The moral influence theory of the atonement emphasizes the transformative power of Christ's life, teachings, and sacrificial love. This view is associated with theologians like Peter Abelard and emphasizes the moral and ethical impact of Jesus' life rather than focusing solely on his death. According to this view, Christ's life and teachings serve as a moral example for humanity. His sacrificial love on the cross demonstrates the depth of God's love for humanity and inspires believers to follow his example of selflessness and compassion. Through Christ's moral influence, believers are moved to repentance, forgiveness, and a transformed way of life, leading to reconciliation with God and one another. Now, without the other theories of the atonement, this one requires us to do something to achieve our own salvation. However, Once we have been saved by his blood, the cross of Jesus should absolutely lead us to live lives of sacrificial love for others. And as we follow him in his sufferings, we will also follow him in his glory. Matthew 16, 24, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The last theory we're going to look at is called the Ransom Theory. The Ransom Theory of the Atonement is an early Christian view attributed to theologians like Origen and Gregory of Nyssa. According to this view, humanity is held captive by sin and death, and Satan acts as a cosmic adversary, holding humanity in bondage. In the Ransom Theory, Jesus offers himself as a ransom to Satan, paying the price for humanity's release from sin and death. However, this theory also includes a twist as Satan's attempt to hold on to Jesus leads to his own defeat. This theory is related to the Christus Victor theory that we looked at earlier, but the ransom theory emphasizes not the victory per se, but the buying back of believers. Here, the debt is not paid to God, but to Satan. For many contemporary Christians, this may sound strange, but the idea of ransom Uh, To explain the work of Jesus has strong biblical basis. For example, in Mark 10, For even the Son of Man came not to serve, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Well, those are five views, and they are probably the most popular and most important. But there are many others, including the themes of redemption, propitiation, revelation, reconciliation, and others. Many of them overlap because they're not exclusive, and they help to explain, nuance, and support each other. What actually happened on the cross? Honestly, I think we're still not exactly sure, but we keep reaching to grasp it as best as we can, like toddlers drawing a picture of what Daddy does at work. Our best efforts are weak, but He loves when we do our best to understand Him. And our great hope is that our Daddy, the Heavenly Father, and His Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, loves us. Oh, how He loves us, and His death on the cross is our only hope, and we need no other. Thank you, Jesus. Hey there, amazing listeners of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. I've got something special to share with you today. First off, if you are loving what you hear, do me a solid and spread the word. Tell a friend, a colleague, or even a neighbor about the podcast. It's the best way to help me grow and reach more people like you. And don't forget to hit the follow button yourself so you never miss an episode. Next up, I would love to hear from you. Your feedback means the world to me. Take a moment to rate and review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews will help others to discover the soulful goodness of the Gospel Gumbo podcast. And then if you've got suggestions or corrections or you just want to say hi, shoot me an email. I am all ears and I can't wait to hear from you. And now for something really exciting. I've set up a special opportunity for our dedicated listeners. If you've ever wished that you could binge on more gospel gumbo goodness without any interruptions, well, now you can. For just $5, you can unlock access to 10 bonus episodes and enjoy all the episodes ad-free. Just click on the link in the show notes to get started. Now, why is there an emphasis on downloads, feedback, and support? It's simple. The more love I receive from you all, the sooner I can roll out season two. So, thanks for being part of the Gospel Gumbo family. Your support keeps me going.